Good morning. We are gathering again via Facebook Live, and I realize none of us, including myself, felt like at Easter of this year we would be having to meet like this. It is inconvenient, but it is also a blessing if we look at it the right way and if we um, experience it in the right way. It is true our buildings are closed this morning. And also, uh, it is true that uh, many are having to meet in parking lots, sitting in their automobiles today. But you know what? The church isn't closed. They have not closed the church. They have not prevented anyone from meeting. They haven't prevented anyone from worshiping. We've had to alter the way we do it in order to keep people safe and healthy. And I think we should be willing to accommodate that. With that, I want to welcome you to Easter 2020. I realize that this message is one of probably several that you're going to listen to today. And I hope and trust that each one you hear will be a blessing to you. As we begin to look at our message and our services this morning, we want to begin with a prayer request. And we want to begin by opening prayer. When I say that, every one of us has something near and dear to our heart today. And every one of us has something to be really thankful for. I myself have many things to be thankful for. Uh, my family is safe this morning. To my knowledge, none of us are sick with the, with the virus or with anything else that's going around. We have food to eat. We have a roof over our heads. Our needs are met, just as the Lord has promised He would do for His people. And if you can say likewise today, you can say that you're blessed. Maybe you are one of the families in this county or that is watching this who has been afflicted by the coronavirus. If so, my heart goes out to you. But I also want you to know today that God has not abandoned you. I want you to know that God loves you and God is there to stand alongside of you and to lead you through this if you will come to Him. I trust that you have already. We all have a lot of things to be thankful for. We have a lot of things to be going to God with in prayer. I know that we were by the shelters in McDowell County this week we were by the Friendship Home and we were by the John Thompson Center. We were dropping by some things for Easter to let the people know we have not forgotten them, that we love them and that God loves them. And it is my prayer and my hope this morning that many, if not all of you, are watching this broadcast. We love you. We haven't forgotten you. We're here for you if you need us. We can do telephone calls, we can do FaceTime live, we can, we can do a lot of different things. All we need to do is hear from you. If we're needed, we're here. Just as if God's needed, He's there. So as we open up this morning, we want to lift up all of your requests, all of your needs, all of your concerns, all of your fears. Let's not talk any further. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer and begin with our service. Join me, please. Heavenly Father and Lord God, I thank you for the privilege of coming before you today. Lord, I thank you for the reality of Jesus having left the tomb, having walked away from that hole in the ground. Lord, I thank you for his victory over death, hell, and the grave. Lord, it is because of his victory that I can stand before you today, a redeemed, born-again, saved-by-the-blood Christian. And Lord, it is only on account of Jesus that I can do it. Nothing that I have done, nothing that I have said, nothing that I have earned. But Lord, all, of, all because of him, all because of his sacrifice. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with everyone that is listening today. I pray that you will be with every message that is being preached. Lord, I pray that you would be with every listener. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray that the needs that are closest to their hearts, the fears that they are being surrounded with, the challenges that are in their lives, I pray that you would reach down and just wrap your loving arms around them, that you would show them what is needed and in their life. You would show them the relationship that is needed. You would show them your authority. You would show them your grace and your mercy. Lord, would you meet with us today? Would you meet with everyone that is listening today? Would you meet with everyone that is speaking and bringing your word today? Would you meet around this world, surrounding it, with the power of the Holy Spirit that people who do not know you would come to know you as Lord and Savior and Lord those that do would come closer to you before the day is over be with the messages that are prepared be with the one that you have given me may it not return into your void but may it accomplish everything that you have purposed it to do bless the medical providers Bless the scientists and bless those who are on the front lines of fighting this virus. Bless our law enforcement. Bless those that are operating the prison systems today. Heavenly Father, those of us who hold jobs that have been listed as essential and those of us who must walk into uh, the, the difficulties and the threats of this virus daily, protect us. Wrap us in your armor. Guide us by your grace and mercy. Take care of our families. Ease our fears, our troubles. And Heavenly Father, walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death so that we fear no evil. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning, I want to invite you to take your Bible. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. In just a few moments, I'm going to read beginning with verse 1. But while you're finding your place, I want to give you a, a little picture of where we're going to pick up at. Jesus has been crucified. He has said it is finished. He has been taken down from the cross. The earth has experienced darkness like it has never seen before. Jesus was taken and laid in a borrowed tomb. He was there, left there over the Passover. It is now the dawning of the third day. 
It is now the first day of the week. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus and some others have gathered together and they have gotten themselves um, ointment and spices and they are going to the tomb of Jesus. And they are going there to anoint his body. They are going there to complete the burial service. Now keep in mind, Jesus has told them on many occasions that on the third day he would rise again. He told them even in the upper room before he was on the when he took the Last Supper. He told them even then that he was going to be ascending into heaven. He told them then that the grave would not hold him. He told them many times of where things were going to be on this morning. Yet these ladies, they were not going to see Jesus. They were going to see the body of Jesus. I want you to keep that in mind as we read God's Word and as we pick up on where they are at this time. Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. Amen. He is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Well, we open and we see Mary Magdalene and the other Mary making their way toward the sepulcher. As they arrive, an angel arrives there with them. And the angel doesn't arrive in peace. The angel does not arrive in simplicity. The angel does not arrive in some subtle, quiet fashion. The angel did not show up in an Uber ride. The angel showed up riding a streak of lightning from heaven. He descended from heaven with an earthquake. He rolled back the stone from the door. When that angel arrived, he arrived with a message to tell. And he arrived with the power and the glory and the grace of heaven to deliver it. When he showed up there and he he got that stone rolled away, he didn't roll that stone away so Jesus could get out. Jesus was already gone. 
he rolled that stone away so that the women could look in and could see for themselves there was nobody there. There was no body for them to minister to. There was no corpse laying there. The corpse that they had laid there on the previous Friday was not there. He was gone. And I thank God this morning that he was gone. Do you realize today that we have the grace and the wonders and the beauties of salvation because Jesus rose from the dead? Do you realize today that we have the ability to hold peace in our hearts because Jesus rose from the dead? Christian, do you realize today that you have the ability to come to the throne of grace in prayer, in love, in grace, in mercy, because Jesus rose from the grave? Do you realize you're considered a priest, a saint of God? Because Jesus rose from the grave. We didn't do anything. Nothing. To afford our own salvation. There is nothing we can do. I heard a preacher say one time. That after many many years of struggling with things. It finally dawned on him. And he realized that he was saved only because of Jesus. And he remembered falling upon his face in an altar and crying out to the Lord and saying, Lord, if it wasn't for you, I could have nothing. And if it wasn't for you, I could keep anything. The only reason I'm saved today is because you're able to keep me saved. And I want that to sink in this morning to those of you listening. If you remember a day and a time in your life when you called upon Jesus Christ to save you, to write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and He did so, I want you to know you're saved today because of Him. You keep your salvation today because of Him. He didn't get you started on that path and then leave it up to you. No, He didn't. He bought it for you. He paid the price for you. He went to the cross for you. He was resurrected for you. And He still holds that today. He stands today at the right hand of God forever making reconciliation for those and pleading the case for those who love Him and for those who are covered in His blood. And if that includes you this morning, if that includes you, you've got something to shout about. You may not be able to shout about the stock market. You may not be able to shout about the health needs and the health situation in our nation. You may not be able to shout about politics. You may not be able to shout about anything else going on around us. But if you're saved today, you can shout about Jesus. And I want you to know something else. Even if you could shout about any of those other things, maybe your portfolio is doing better than it's ever done. Maybe your retirement is really booming today. Maybe your job is really booming today. You know what? That's nothing to shout about compared to what Jesus has done for you. And it's time that the church sit down and realize in a humble, good old-fashioned sort of a way that we are what we are by the grace of God and by nothing else. When this angel appeared and when he came, he came with an earthquake that shook the very ground. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment was white as snow. White is a picture of righteousness in God's word. 
He was carrying with him the picture of righteousness from Jesus himself. He was carrying with him the power and the authority of God. And that power was so vast and so great that it literally shook the earth that that angel stood upon. Folks, Jesus Christ can shake your life right to the very foundations today if you will let him. It isn't just an Easter message. It isn't just a once a year type of a thing. Bless God, we have Sunday every week. We have the first day of the week. Every week, it can be Resurrection Sunday. Every day of the week, and Jesus can be shaking the very foundations that we're standing upon. If we will let him, if we'll move aside and get out of the way and let God have his way in our heart and in our life, Will you do that for him today? Will you get out of his way? Will you stand aside? Will you let Jesus have his way? Will you let him come into your life and shake your world, shake the very foundations of life, just as he did for these women that were standing at the tomb? And not only that, when he shook their, the very foundations of their life, he reminded them, he reminded them why they were there. They were there looking for Jesus. And he wasn't there. Have you ever been looking for Jesus and felt like he just wasn't there? Have you ever had one of these moments like Mary and Mary had? Where you were looking for him and he, you just didn't feel like he was there? They looked inside that sepulcher and the body was gone. The very first thing, if we read on through Mark and Luke and John, we're going to hear that they are, they are afraid that the Romans came and got him. And the Romans are going to be afraid that the disciples came and got him. Everybody's afraid of something happening and everybody's pointing fingers at somebody else. But bless God, do you know, nobody bothered to take Jesus at his word. Jesus got up and Jesus walked out. And Jesus was heading to Galilee. He was walking down the road, kicking rocks and a whistling and a heading on his way to his next location. And that was Galilee. The angels told Mary and Mary, Fear not. He is not here. He is risen as he said. In other words, he has done exactly what he told you he was going to do. Friends, when we get in a position, when we get in a spot, and we don't feel like Jesus is anywhere around, we got to realize something. We're in the same spot Mary and Mary was in. we got to realize Jesus hasn't gone anywhere except where he said he was going to be. He hasn't moved on us. We might have moved on him. But he hasn't moved on us. Bless God, he is still making intercession for me this morning. I fail him more often than I really want to talk about. I fail him daily. And I'm not bragging about that. But I'm being honest. You see, if there's one thing that salvation has taught me, it is to be honest 
about where the Lord has brought me from and where the Lord is going to take me to. I remember back in the day when I was a young man, I remember I lived life to suit myself. I done what I wanted to do. I went where I wanted to go. I stayed as long as I wanted to stay and I came back when I wanted to come back. Nobody was going to tell me anything. Nobody was going to show me anything. I had people that were praying for me. I had people that were trying to talk to me. I had people that were uh, praying and moving and, and they were doing everything they could to try to get me to Jesus. But I was stubborn. And it just so happened, a dear friend of mine that I knew from middle school, I ran across him in 1990. When we got together, he was just as rough as I was the last time I saw him. But this time, this time, praise God, he was a pastor. He was preaching. He shared with me the love of God. He shared with me Jesus in such a way that I had never thought about him before in my life. Jesus didn't care about my past. Jesus knew all about it. Did I hurt him? Yes. Did I deny him? Yes. Did I push him away? Yes. Is he aware of all of that? Yes, he is. And if you're doing it today, he's aware of it too. You're not holding anything back from him. But you know what? <clears throat> this dear brother in Christ told me. He told me in spite of all of that, Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you as one of his saints. He wants you to be born again. In spite of everything. I wound up going to his church. I wound up getting saved. I wound up <clears throat> making the greatest and the most life-changing experience I've ever made in my life. And it st still sticks with me today. Do I fall short? Yes, I do. And you know what? If you're saved today, you have to. But let me share a little something else with you from that testament. When we fall short, if we'll get up, if we'll dust off our pants, and if we'll ask for His forgiveness, He's there, ready to say, get up. And move on. Get up and go. Stay on the path. Keep going. Keep working. You see, when the angel told them he's not here, he's risen. Just like he said, and he said, come and see the place where he lay. Come and look for yourself. He's not there. Others may try to tell you that Jesus is dead. Others may, tell, may, may try to tell you that Jesus never existed. They may try to tell you that this was the wrong tomb and the wrong place for them to be looking and, and, and this and that and the other. But 
The word of God says, come see for yourself. Come see for yourself. Open this book and see where the Lord lay. The Lord is laying in our hearts today. If you saved, He's already there. There's no better time than on Easter Sunday than to rekindle that relationship. Maybe you've never had that relationship. Maybe you're watching this this morning and no one has ever talked to you about Jesus or no one has ever put it to you in a very straightforward way. Well, let me just say this without worrying about offending anybody. If you're not saved today and if your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you have a destiny. And that destiny is hell. If you are saved today, you have a destiny and that destiny is heaven. Alright, we've got that settled. Those are the ends. But do you realize Jesus says that those who have him have life and they have it more abundantly? Do you realize what that means? That means that those who have Jesus here right now, they start experiencing that abundant life immediately. It doesn't happen when death takes us out of this world. It begins immediately. I'm living an abundant life today because of Jesus. I'm living an abundant life today because of grace and because of mercy, because of His love. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that's me, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world is also you this morning. Jesus rose from the dead for you. For you. Let that sink in. Somebody loved you enough to die for you. And his name was Jesus. Someone loved you enough to be resurrected for you. And his name is Jesus. Someone loves you enough today to send others to tell you about him. And that person is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It isn't about me. It isn't about a church. It isn't about a denomination. It's about Jesus. Resurrection Sunday is about Jesus. So let me ask you something this morning. What are you going to do with Jesus? Let's find out what the instructions were for the disciples. They were told, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. They were told to go and tell the other followers, the other disciples. Christian, you've been told. You've been told. And that he is gone. And that where he is at. 
Now, he's not in Galilee today, but he is in heaven. And he is within our prayer reach of him. But we're also told that they departed quickly with fear and great joy. And you know, if you take a good look at that word fear, when you go back into the Greek, it is meaning fear with awe and reverence. They left with great joy in awe and reverence. Think of that. When we come to Easter Sunday, when we come to any Sunday, do we come to the Lord in awe and great joy? That's something to really grasp hold of today. That's something to really get a hold of and get our heart wrapped around. We, we will get up and, and listen, I've been there. I've got children and grandchildren and we've got them up ready and we get them ready, we get their clothes on, we go to get our clothes on and we come back and they've got something spilled all over them. My goodness, we got to dress them again. We've got to get this going. Then the car won't start. Then we spill the coffee. And then we step on the cat going out the door. And we've got one problem after another problem after another problem. And by the time we get to church, we fought and we've argued and we have threatened and we've done everything. And when we drive up in the church parking lot, it's, oh my goodness, hello, what a wonderful day. Come on, God knows. Let's get real. Let's get right down to where the rubber meets the road. It's about Jesus. It's about being there in awe with great joy and reverence. Nobody wants to go to church in a shambles. We do the best we can with what we've got. And the devil's going to try to make us stumble and fall. But it's still all about Jesus. And we should never lose track of that. Why is that so important? When they were in Galilee, there was another great event getting ready to happen when they all gathered there. And it was called the Great Commission. Are you with me, church? Are you hanging with me? You see, they were sent there to receive the Great Commission. To go and to preach and to teach and to make disciples and to baptize. You see, it is about Jesus. But it's about us doing His bidding. It may, your calling may not be in a pulpit. Your calling may not be in the teaching ministry. Your calling may be in something totally different, but it's still all about Jesus. It's about getting the message out there. It is about living a life that others will see when they're down and out and hurting, when they're at the very bottom and they don't feel like they can go any lower and they're looking up and they're seeing you. Are they asking, what's that person got in their life? What's he got in his life? What's she got in her life? I want some of that. Or are they saying, I don't know why they go to church because they're no different than me. 
if we really come to Jesus in awe and reverence and great joy, it's going to always be about Him. We're going to be putting Him first. And they're going to see that. And they're going to want to know what we have. How we are hanging up. What's helping us out. That's the testimony that we have. That's the witness of Jesus. Yes, I've got a witness today. I've got a witness of how powerful Jesus is in my life. I've got a witness of people who have had me look to them and say, what's making them hold on? And it's been Jesus. And they've told me and shared with me their testimony. And what an encouragement it's been. And I hope to some I have been that to them as well. Because I've certainly strived to. It's been my heart's desire to be. But He is risen. He is risen and He has gone on His way and He has given us a commission and He has not only given that commission but He has given us the authority and the sanctioning to do it. Some of you watching, they have never come to Christ. Today is your opportunity. Right now is your opportunity. I'm getting ready to close this message. And as I do, if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to ask Him into your heart and life. I want you to ask Him to save your soul. You know you need to do that. If you're listening to this message, you're there for a divine appointment. God has placed you in front of this computer. He has placed you in front of this tablet. He has placed you in front of this telephone. And He has kept you here this long for this reason. To accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All you have to do is bow your head, confess to Him that you are a sinner, that you want to be saved, ask Him to come into your heart and life. That's all you have to do. Church member, He is risen. He is risen. What are you going to do with Him moving forward? Are you going to continue to live apart from Him? Or are you going to get closer? Are you going to be the ones who go to the sepulcher looking for a dead body? Or are you going to go to the sepulcher looking for a risen Savior? And are you going to follow that risen Savior to wherever He may lead? Those are questions we all have to answer. Our time has came and gone. As our closing prayer, I want you to join me. You know where you stand with God. You know where you stand with salvation. You know what you need to do to make it right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the words you have given today. Thank you for the anointing and the blessing of this message. Dear Lord, I pray for those who do not know you as Lord and Savior. I pray that right now someone is accepting you. I pray that someone is calling out to Jesus to save their soul. And Heavenly Father, I believe that it's happening. I believe that it's going to happen many times over. 
Dear Lord, I also pray for the church today. I pray for a mighty sweeping revival to rush across the church, to rush across this nation, to rush across the world. And Heavenly Father, I pray that we would lift up with one voice to you, asking you to heal this land, asking you to heal us of this virus, to heal us of our greed, to heal us of our selfishness, our self-centeredness. Dear Heavenly Father, to have us keeping our eyes on you, for it is Jesus who is risen. He is not there. He is gone. Just as he said. Lord, what a blessing it is today. What a blessing it is. Heavenly Father, may we live a life in fear and great joy moving forward. Help us in the days ahead. Give us strength and encouragement. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our services today. I hope this is a, going to be a blessing to you, and I hope your Easter is a blessing to you and your family. Until next time, may God bless you, is my prayer. <laughs>